Amen. All right. Well, I want to welcome everyone again, especially those that are following us on Facebook or will be uh, tuning in uh, a little later on on YouTube. Certainly good to have everyone here with us today. And uh, I'm not sure, Glenn, can you give me a, we got a few out in the parking lot? Out in the parking lot? Well, I was going to say, all right. So that's a good deal. We got 47 inside and we got a few in the parking lot then. Or did you include that in the, okay. Gotcha. So 47, so that's a good crap. Uh, give ourselves a hand for, for, for a good rebound coming back. So. Certainly good to have uh, everybody here this morning. Uh, one name I did miss on graduation, uh, Miss Anna McWhorter. She graduated from South Laurel High School this year as well. So let's give her a little belated round of applause also. All righty. Well, uh, again, it's good to be here. Good to see everybody out. Uh, good to have uh, folks following us still on, on Facebook and watching on YouTube. You know what? Uh, and I'm just going to, I'm going to be uh, honest and casual about this. We've, we've gained viewers throughout this on our Facebook and YouTube page. And uh, if one life is saved, if one soul is saved because of this, then it's worth it. Uh, it's been a terrible, terrible inconvenience for everyone, I know. And uh, our world's been turned upside down. And uh, it's been difficult, but uh, uh, I think we have fared well, and we'll continue to to just move forward and 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 in faith. We're going to use like we've said common sense things uh, here. Uh, this is not bad. If you look around now, everybody here is six feet away from someone else, so uh, it's not a bad thing. We're we're not piled up close and and no we're not getting to shake hands we're not getting a hug or anything like that but we can still when we get outside we can still talk to each other and stuff and and the restrictions the lifting of those things folks it will come uh, I know it will uh, I have faith that it will so uh, I encourage you to continue to come now uh, at 47 we've still able to see just a few more people down here we would have room for six more upstairs uh, so at 60, just understand, moving forward, when we get to that 60 threshold uh, inside the building until it's changed, uh, then we'll have to start utilizing the, the fellowship hall as well. But uh, So certainly encourage you to do that. So And we're glad to have folks on Facebook following us on YouTube, listening on the radio, MP3 broadcast, all of the opportunities that we have to share God's Word, we are truly blessed with and happy to have. Memorial Day. It's different, isn't it? Um, different than any Memorial Day anyone in this room has ever experienced. Just because of what we're coming out of. Uh, folks that went through World War II, I'm sure, uh, with similar difficulties. But for this generation, for our age group, uh, being, and never at a time, and we know, never at a time was we as a church told that we could not assemble together even at the high of the war. In fact, they encouraged more, more church uh, during the war. But yet, here we are. We find ourselves on the back side of this. Uh, as a nation, we're cautiously poking our heads out of our homes. Uh, we have faith and are praying that there won't be a resurgence of this COVID-19. We normally, this time of year, gather to remember those men and women 
who give their lives willingly in the defense of this nation, and rightfully so. Uh, their sacrifice is uh, it's worthy of honor, and it's worthy of remembrance by this nation. So if you would, I, as we always do each Veterans Day and Memorial Day, I would like for, for us as a congregation, for those that would like to participate, to stand, and we'll offer our Pledge of Allegiance to their flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Memorial Day, as we know, uh, is a United States federal holiday, and, and to do honor to those men and women. I, I want to, this is going to be uh, a sermon that's split kind of into two parts, but it's also one sermon. Uh, and I want to first honor those men and women. As we know, it's a federal holiday. It's observed the last Monday of May, formerly known as Decoration Day. It commemorates the United States men and women who have died in military service. And it was first enacted uh, for remembrance of those that had passed away or died in service in the Civil War. And then after World War I, it was expanded to include all American casualties of any war. Today we, we mark that holiday by visiting cemeteries and other memorials. There's a national moment of remembrance at 3 o'clock. Our local DAV at our local cemetery here at Locust Grove at 2 o'clock on Sunday uh, has a, a memorial service where all the names of the veterans that are buried there are read and it's very nice if you don't if you've never been encourage you to go down to that. We fly the flag uh, traditionally from dawn until noon at half-mast. Uh, volunteers if you'll see uh, I'm not sure I think the the DAV placed the flags this year out there at the uh, at the uh, the veterans, but each veteran there in Locust Grove has a individual flag flying on their grave. So those types of remembrance uh, is appropriate for the men and women that have secured our freedoms. So regardless of how we celebrate Memorial Day, now it looks a little different this year uh, for those events that are set that are not so much related to the military and the men and women. The, the, I'm not sure if they're running the Indy 500 today or not. Uh, probably won't be as many picnics. There certainly won't be as many family reunions that usually go on. But that doesn't lessen the, fa the sacrifice that these men and women have made. The fact that we don't get to watch a car race or we may not get to grill out a hot dog or a hamburger does not diminish that at all. In fact, uh, it has nothing to do with that. That's something that has been added to this holiday uh, as years go by. And I think sometimes because of that, what we do is we forget about the importance of those lives, that sacrifice that was made. Because every flag in every cemetery across this great land and overseas, in our military cemeteries overseas, represents a life a dad, a son, a husband, a brother, an uncle, cousin, 
that gave their life so that we might have freedom. We gather today as Christians. And this has certainly been a time to remember. And that's the name of my sermon. See, it's already up there. At no time in our history have we ever been or had a closer feeling to the Hebrew children in captivity in Egypt. The night of deliverance from captivity when they had their first Passover meal is what I'm referencing. And I believe after having gone through what we have, I'll never look at Easter, Passover, or communion the same again. And I hope that we all take this opportunity for it to build some good in our lives and our relationships with the Lord. And there can always be good that comes from anything. And this morning I want to look at the Passover and communion and Memorial Day all together and think about the sacrifices that we have had, the sacrifices that was made, and will continue to be made on our behalf. So if you will, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you to turn right to where we read, <laughs> read our communion scripture. It was handy that I had it. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 20 through 30 uh, is where the bulk of our message will come from this morning. Matthew chapter 26, verses 20 through 30. And this is, of course, the Last Supper, as it's probably captioned in most of your Bibles. This is, in fact, the Passover meal that they had gathered to, 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 to partake in. Now, when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and, it gave, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Now this passage of scripture, obviously is something that we read here many times for communion meditation, many Sundays. But there's two things that's happening in this scripture. We're seeing the last Passover and the first 
uh, communion time, the Lord's Supper being set at the same time. And it's, it's important for us to understand that, especially, and you know I like to do a communion hymn on Memorial Day, because that's what this is. It's a memorial. Jesus says, as oft as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. That's why we have Memorial Day set aside for the men and women that give their life in remembrance of their sacrifice. So these are two events that, that really run parallel, and, and I think that each deserves, in some cases, much more respect than they get. And I hope that now, and I believe it has, because I've talked to some of you individually. And I, and I believe, and it's encouraging, that throughout all of the difficulties that we've had, people have told me, this has been the best thing that's ever happened for my family. We've gotten closer. We're not running around chasing our tails. We're, we're slowed down a little bit. We're spending more time together. I'm reading my Bible more. I'm praying more. All of those are good things. Yes, our regular busy routine was interrupted but anytime we get closer to our families and closer to our God it's a good thing whatever the circumstances are and that's what I want to want to zero in and think about this morning about this memorial that Jesus is instituting while observing another memorial the Passover and you can't really understand the significance of the communion and Passover without having a knowledge of Passover. Originally, God said that would be a meal that would be eaten standing up so as to remind them in the future that they had to eat it in a hurry with haste, not taking time to sit down at a table like you might expect because it was different. It was a different meal. It was very, very different. Now, think about that picture that Matthew paints that they were reclined relaxed it had even shifted with the Jews instead of being eaten standing up it was more of a casual thing instead of something a meal that was rushed and eaten in haste because we know why don't we we remember that the Lord was sending that was the last of the plagues that the Lord had sent upon Pharaoh because of his refusal to, to let his people go. And they were going to have to institute this meal in remembrance of that so that in the morning they would be released because of what this would do to Egypt. The blood on the doorpost and the lintel of the house covering. Many people adopted that and maybe some of you, I know Carolyn did, adopted putting red ribbons over the doorpost of our homes at the beginning of this. And I think that was displaying the kind of faith that the children of Israel, the Hebrews, had during this time of Passover. I'm not saying you had to do it, and if you didn't do it, that's fine. I'm just saying there's nothing wrong. It's a good reminder to us that God protected his people then, and God's not out of the business of protecting his people now. So this memorial, this Passover, celebrating the freedom from bondage of captivity. We've, we're celebrating today uh, freedom from the bondage of a restriction that we've had. And I think that it's 
that there's nothing wrong with us obeying civil orders. We were not told that we could not worship God. We were just asked not to assemble. But we assembled over the computer, over a telephone, over a radio. We still assembled in spirit together. We were not told to not worship God. And that did not cease at any time with this church. Nor will it ever cease at any time. So we see here this memorial, this meal that Matthew is describing. Uh, is the remembrance of the greatest redemptive power of God that has ever been displayed. And that's what we see about this memorial act. He, Matthew doesn't say much. Verse 21, look back in your scripture there. It says, and as they did eat. That was it. That was all that he described about the meal. Wasn't important because Matthew was a Jew. He was writing mainly to the Jews. The Jews knew what Passover meal was. They knew what it entailed. We not so much. Four cups of red wine were part of this meal. The first cup was a cup of blessings. And that's how the meal began. A cup of wine symbolizing how that God had blessed them. And then after that time they would wash their hands. Not for the sake of having uh, clean hands. But just more of a ceremonial cleansing. That each person would remember that they needed to be cleansed personally of sin. And that when we come to this table in the same manner. We have to remember that also. That we have been forgiven our sins. And that had a cost. That had a great price. Just think about the great price that was paid by all the people in Egypt at this time of Moses when this last plague was sent down. That all the firstborn of every house died. That's a great price for obedience, wasn't it? We think about that. And when we live outside of God, we sacrifice in the same way. We give up many things. Because of our disobedience to God. And no doubt during this time. They were washing. Cleansing. Thinking about being cleansed of sin. It was a time of personal reflection. Maybe even confession of sins. Celebrated the salvation that God had promised them that night. Or the, the, the release from captivity. We know they didn't do really good. Uh, the first 40 years. As they were free because they had to wander around. And they had many trials and many tribulations during that period. And that's when we, when we come to this table. Even though we didn't gather around this morning. And the men didn't pass the, the, the plates that had the bread and the juice. We still had the body and the blood. Those emblems that represent that in our hands. And with that, that should be a humbling thing. And that's why it's a reminder, a memorial, that Christ hung on a cross and his body was broken. His blood was shed because I'm a sinner. And that's how we should come to this table each and every Sunday, each and every time that we come to it. And that's what we see here, this Passover. This was followed by the eating of bitter herbs dipped in salt and vinegar. It made them even more bitter. 
to remind them of the bondage that they suffered there in Egypt. And just like I said, Christ had to die on that cross because I'm a sinner. And each time I take that, it should be in many ways a bitter pill for me. Because that my sin required the death of the Son of God for redemption. So you see, when we begin to look at the Passover and we think about our communion time, there's really no difference at all in the symbolism. It's just a different time and a different place. Following those bitter herbs was the second cup of wine. And then the father or the head of the table, Jesus in this case, would describe the significance of the feast. And he would go back and tell the story of captivity and the plagues and the deliverance and the parting of the Red Sea and the promised land. And then they would sing a hymn after that portion. Then came the unleavened bread without any kind of yeast or any kind of rising agent. That was a representation to have no influence from the outside world or no influence of sin in our lives. Do we ever think about that when we take that bread? That it's unleavened, it has no yeast, no kind of agent that makes it do something that you don't want it to do. Each time we take it, do we think about, I need to, to have less influence from the outside world, less influence of, of things that are not pleasing to God in my life. Each and every time we take that loaf and during communion time. That's what we're seeing here. But just as I said with Memorial Day, as the years and generations have passed and went on and went on and went on, we've seen Memorial Day evolve from just a day set aside for where we remember the sacrifice of the men and women of this military to where it's that plus many other things. Well, what about our communion time? Is it a time as described to remember these things? To have that one-on-one -on -one relationship and nothing else with God. And then they eat the bread, which was dipped into a sauce made with sweet apples and nuts. And if you notice, and he answered and said, he that dippeth, this is verse 23, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. See, that's part of that Passover. It wasn't just some kind of way that Jesus had singled out to, to identify who the person to betray was. This was part of the Passover meal. Then comes the eating of the lamb, which if you recall, it must be without blemish and spot. If you've never read about that, go back to Exodus and read that. Blood of the lamb was to be put on the doorpost and the lintel of the home, symbolic of the covering of the blood of Christ in the same way. We sing many songs about the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. When I see the blood. <laughs> the blood that stained the old rugged cross. I mean, many, many, many songs about the blood of Christ. And in the same way, whenever they take this, they remember their, the stories about their great, 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 great whatevers having to, while in bondage and captivity, go out and take a, a branch, a hyssop, I presume, and dip it in that dish of blood and strike those posts and lentil 
of their homes so that the Lord would pass over them when I see the blood. I will pass, I will pass over you. And that is the same significance for us today. When, we're when our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, we are covered by the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you in the same ma manner. So God gave strict rules about this meal. And of course, we know that Jesus was without blemish, without spot. He was the only acceptable sacrifice for sin. And then came that third cup of blessings. Red wine would be drank, more singing, and a final cup of wine. So those, that's the four cups. So this was really a time when they should have really been zeroed in on their relationship with God. And I'm going to read this section of Scripture again. And as I read it this time, I want you to think about the things that I've just went over. And I want you to think about not only when you just took the communion, but when you take communion next time, if, you, if it means more to you now to listen to this and to realize that it is a memorial. It should never be something that's just part of coming in and, and having church. Just one of those things that we do. If nothing else, to me, it is the most important thing that we can do when we gather. I may not have a really good sermon that particular Sunday. Uh, the singing may not go really good. It may not be your favorite songs, I'll say. But this never changes. This never has any influence from me or our songs, our piano, or whatever we do, whatever the program may be for this, for this day. The table, the memory, the, the blood of Christ, the broken body of Christ remains the same each time we take it. Now let's read this again and see how it makes you feel. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Did the symbolism help? Let me ask a few questions. Can you feel the disappointment that Christ must have felt when he knew somebody was going to betray him? How about the doubt of the disciples when they ask, is it me? How about the conviction of Judas 
when he dipped that bread into that applesauce and nut mixture. What about verse 26? Take, eat, this is my body. That third cup of blessings, verse 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. Paul writes in reference to that and, and really surmises all of this together. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says this. The cup of blessings which we bless is not the commun is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So he's talking about that third cup of blessings in that Passover meal. What we just read is out of Matthew, and Paul is continuing to preach and teach about how that that has been replaced. The Passover lamb was Jesus and how that, that body and blood was through him. And it happened right before our eyes. And what really we see too here is we took something that, and we know the history of the Jews and I'm not being critical about that, but just from what the scriptures tells us, uh, they had added many, many commandments that the people had to do and made it a real burdensome thing to be pleasing, to not break a rule. And we do that to ourselves. We add burdens to our lives that make it more difficult for us to walk pleasing to the Lord. Not because something that God uh, makes a provision for us to do, something that we wanted to add to it ourselves. And all that we really have to do is simply remember that God loves us. He provided a sacrifice for us so that we can have salvation. And all that he requires of us is obedience and a willingness to serve and to be faithful. We don't have to add these burdens and these stresses to our lives. The blood of the lamb is the same. The bondage that they had was the same. The same for us for sin. Bitterness of herbs. What about the bitterness of life without God? What about the examining and the cleansing? That same reflection time for us as well. The loaf and the cup are passed. Now we're certainly coming out of a time to remember. I dare say that there will be, not be a person in this room that will ever forget the past couple of months. I won't. I don't want to forget the past couple of months. And for all the good that has come out of this, and sometimes we don't see the good because we're never told the good. We're only told the bad. We're only reported the bad. I hope our nation never goes back to normal if normal is what we had before this hit. I don't want normal again. I want people to be a little more reverent toward God. I want people to be a little friendlier toward each other like we have been and more respectful of each other like most have been. I want us to value our time with God and family more than anything else because that's what God wants. And if this has done that, praise God for it. 
praise God for it. It's a memorial. The same kind of memorial, the same reverence we should enter into as they did, the Jew did the Passover. And one other point that needs to be made about this, just as a Jew, a non-Jew, could not actually truly take part of the Passover meal, because they wouldn't have no tie to that meal. They wouldn't really have nothing of significance with that meal. Just like a non-Jew would not take the Passover meal, a non-Christian should never take the Lord's Supper. That is a symbol that is between those that have accepted Christ and their Savior. And there should be no exceptions to that as well. You have to be first covered by the blood, just like the Hebrews had to be covered by the blood. We know the consequences of those that did not have the blood of that lamb on the doorpost, death. It's the same today. And I'm not talking about doorpost. I'm talking about the washing, being covered by the blood of Christ, the sacrifice at Calvary's cross. If we do not have him as our Savior, it's death. It's appointed once to every man to die, and then the judgment, and then we would not come out on the good side of judgment without the blood of Christ covering us. So we have to hear the word. We have to believe it. Then we have to confess Christ as our Savior and repent of our sins. And then be willing to be buried with him in baptism to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the, the remission or forgiveness of sins. Raise that new creation when we come up, just like Jesus being raised from the tomb. And we walk forward faithful until Christ returns or we're called away in death. That's what God requires of us. It's not difficult, but we want to make it difficult for some reason. We want to change it for some reason. We think that God needs our help in how to save people. He doesn't. He just needs our obedience. This morning we're going to sing a hymn of invitation because I'll ask you today, if you do not have Christ as your Savior, why not accept him today? What, what prevents you from entering into that relationship with him? We're going to sing a hymn of Invitation 321, Jesus is Calling, and he always calls those who are lost. Now maybe you've taken those steps, and maybe you're a Christian, but you realize that, that you've not been giving reverence enough to this memorial whenever you partake in it. That it's just, you know, it's just another thing that you do. Well, I encourage you to repent of that. I encourage you to resolve in your heart the next time that you take the Lord's Supper, it will be with the reverence that it deserves. And whatever the case is, we're going to sing uh, 321, the first and the third verse of Jesus is calling. And if you have a decision to make, I encourage you to come as we stand and sing.
certainly, and it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. All right. Do we have any prayer requests that need to be mentioned uh, before we're dismissed or any announcements that need to be made before we're dismissed? Um, oh yeah, I've not forgot him. But I thought I might spare the Facebook deal, but uh, not going to spare the in-person deal. Because uh, I still kind of got a little control over you. Uh, and what we'll do is uh, we'll uh, how this will look for dismissal. And realize, folks, we're this news to all of us. Okay. So just be patient with us, and we'll get through uh, learning how to to come in and go out together. Uh, so what we'll do is after our closing prayer, which Brother Dave Fields is going to do for us, he'll have our closing prayer, and we'll sing Awesome God, just like we always do, uh, through twice. And then, I'm, But I'm staying right here. We're not moving. We're not going out. Glenn's going to open up the doors for us outside, uh, so you won't have to touch nothing on the way out. Now, I do ask that you take your garbage with you, drop it in the garbage can there at the table, and uh, we appreciate that and uh, just exit on out if you want to talk when you get outside in the fresh air and and, and visit that's fine uh, more power to you on, on that portion and we will have church on wednesday night just the same uh 6:30, and then uh, we're going to continue to have this service on, at 11 o'clock each sunday morning uh, until restrictions uh, change to where we can start having sunday school and i think that's that's coming up in just a few weeks, and we'll make a decision on that. And really, a lot of this has to do with how this goes for us here today. I mean, we're just going to be honest about it. If, uh, and I have faith that, that we won't, but if someone after today uh, is diagnosed or comes down with this, then we may have to uh, rethink about what we do and be practical. So, because we need to protect the older folks and those that... Uh, are vulnerable in our congregation. So certainly, you know, it's me in prayer. That's what I prayed. I'll be honest with you. I come in early this morning. I prayed over this church that uh, there would be, uh, that God would rebuke this virus out of here. And I have faith that he has and that we'll be able to assemble again. So let's just continue to be in prayer. Hope you have a great week. I have loved being, <laughs> loved being able to look out and see somebody other than Tony whenever I preach. So. <laughs> Uh, not that I don't like Tony, but he's, you know, not, not much variety there when you look at him. <laughs> so uh, appreciate everybody coming out. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great rest of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, certainly uh, uh, be careful out there. All the folks that's traveling, let's keep those holiday travelers in our prayers as well. We'll sing Awesome God through twice. And then uh, Brother David Fields uh, will dismiss us with a word of prayer. Uh, I'll come. You can. I'll come back up. But what we're basically going to do is we're going to exit from back to front. Kathy will be the first. The pew Kathy's on will be the first, and then uh, Zara will second. We're just going to go back and forth. So whatever the uh, the pew is, then we're going to go right on out. So if you're up toward the front, you're going to be the last. Kind of a biblical thing. He that is first shall be last. Okay. All right. So let's have a. a Awesome God, if you will. Our God is an...